Welcome to episode 341 of the show. Before we begin, the usual apologies because I'm coming to you live today from the fuel queue. So expect some disturbances, some interruptions like the last time I tried recording while I was on the fuel queue. If you remember, if you've been listening for a while, I had to stop at certain points, do some James Bond driving, um, haggle with people trying to cut into the line, uh, those sorts of things. So it was a very intermittent start, stop, start, stop kind of podcast. And hopefully uh, we're not going to have those episodes uh, today. I was going to wait until much later when I was off the fuel queue to make this recording. But you know how these things go. The last time it took me about three hours to buy fuel. I don't know how long I'm going to be here. And before you know it, it'll be time for school pickup runs and um, other errands that I have to run. So I figured I might as well just whip out the phone and start recording now that we have a moment um, of peace. So if there's any uh, point in time where I have to um, jet off because, uh, you know, the key, the, the queue is moving and I have to drive off or... I have to do any um, fancy um, action like driving to remain with the people on the queue. I will announce ahead of time. Hopefully it won't last more than a few seconds. And then I will be back. So, with the apologies out of the way. Oh, and then of course, um, knowing right now that I am on the queue, of course you'll understand if at any point you hear some honking and loud shouting and stuff like that but i've wound up the windows anyway and uh, the air conditioner is on in case you hear any humming so that's where all those extra noises are coming from so for today i'd like us to broach the question should you attend toastmasters to improve your business communications skills now there's something that i want to address because i've noticed that there are uh, lots of people in the business space who have their uh, background in Toastmasters, you know, they've been junior Toastmasters, maybe in secondary school, and uh, now that they're out of secondary school and uni, uh, they're continuing in um, Toastmasters as um, working professionals. And the whole idea is that Toastmasters is going to help you with public speaking, and if you're better with public speaking, then you should become better at business uh, communication. So if you haven't figured it out now, and if you're not aware of the organization, uh, Toastmasters is one of those international organizations I don't know much about the setup I don't know if it's a uh, franchise or for profit or an NGO um, I have no idea but the reason why Toastmasters has been set up is basically to help with uh, public speaking elocution um, stage presence uh, those sorts of things so basically that's what they do and if you join so I've been told I sat in on one session um, a session where they let um, those who have not been um, initiated in. Okay, I'm not sure if initiated is the right word. So I sat in on um, one session just to get a feel of whether I was going to be worth uh, joining. And so what I heard from there and what I've heard from other people who are Toastmasters is that if you join um, Toastmasters, you have weekly meetings, you're given assignments, you have to prepare a speech, you have to give um, impromptu uh, what's the word? You have to give impromptu uh, presentations to people. And um, anyway, so through that uh, weekly discipline, you're going to be able to improve your presentation skills and your communication skills. And of course, the idea being that if you're able to um, improve on that front, then, then these skills will carry over into your business. So you should be better at communicating with your stakeholders, investors, uh, potential clients, and um, on and on and on. So that's the whole idea. 
So should you, as a photographer, wedding planner, carpenter, architect, whatever it is that you do, lawyer, should you be involved in Toastmasters? I guess if you're a lawyer, the answer is obviously yes, because um, if you're involved in litigation, then a large part of what you do actually is public speaking, uh, presentation, elocution, uh, what else? You know, stage presence, all that stuff when you address the court. So if you're a lawyer listening to the podcast, then I guess uh, you can stop here, skip to the next episode because you've already got your answer. Yes, you should be involved in Toastmaster, Toastmasters. So becoming a Toastmaster make you better at presentation and the persuasive arts because sales and marketing are persuasive arts. So is Toastmasters, is being a Toastmaster going to help you out there? Well, maybe because Toastmasters will definitely give you a boost of confidence because of the emphasis on public elocution skills, like I mentioned earlier. You're supposed to be able to stand up in front of a room of 50, 20, 100 people, and you're supposed to be able to uh, talk convincingly on any subject. And so because of that, it's going to give you a boost of confidence. And of course, with the little that we've heard about on the podcast about um, building our profits by using personal selling, it helps if you have a healthy dose of confidence. And so if you're used to speaking to a room of total strangers, uh, 30, 40, 50 strong, then I guess it's not that much of a big deal if you have to make a presentation uh, to the bride and the groom sitting in front of you or um, to your potential customer if you don't happen to be in front of, uh, if you're not part of us who is in the wedding and the event space. So in a sense, it helps because it definitely is a good um, confidence um, booster. So you become really handy at speaking on the fly and speaking in a room full of your peers or maybe... Um, uh, total strangers. So confidence, being able to speak on the fly, uh, being able to improvise, uh, that's really, really good. And then it's also a plus that the assignments that you're given in Toastmasters, if I'm told correctly, um, it forces you to become eclectic because you're going to have to give presentation on all kinds of things. So today you might be giving a presentation on flowers and maybe tomorrow you might be giving a presentation on the capital markets and maybe after that you might be giving a pre uh, presentation on Yoruba art. You know, I have no idea, so I'm just riffing here. So uh, going through these exercises is going to force you to become very um, eclectic. So just think about it. If every week you happen to do a new exercise and you're one of those folks who has been a Toastmaster since uh, secondary school, attending you know 30 to 50 meetings a year where you have to research or freestyle on different things, then um, after a while you become um, quite um, eclectic. You become Mr. or Mrs. Knowledgeable. And I guess that helps to also drive interesting conversations because at networking sessions or if you are building commonality with your bride and your groom, then um, chances are whatever topics uh, that they choose to engage in, you already have a faint idea about... Sorry, one moment. The queue is moving. So it's time to engage the car. And Okay, it wasn't a huge move. So there wasn't any need for any fancy uh, action like driving. Okay, so where was I? Uh, let me try and get my thoughts. Okay, I was talking about how... Uh, yeah, you're going to have to be eclectic. Yeah, it makes you more eclectic and you're going to be able to carry on um, conversations with more people, especially when you're trying to build a commonality with the uh, bride and the groom or uh, with whoever it is that is going to be um, engaging you if you're not in the wedding and the event space. So, uh, while Toastmasters is going to make you equipped for speaking from the podium and speaking in front of the room, 
it's not necessarily going to give you the skills that you need for personal selling and for one-on-one communications. Remember, I'm not a communication specialist, so this is just my own point of view. Having hung around Toastmasters for a bit, you know, asking people a few questions and attending that session that I did. So you're going to become very good at speaking from a podium, but you might not be good on one-on-one conversations. Now, a case in point is... Okay, maybe not a case in point, not directly related, is uh, Barack Obama. So Barack Obama, really good on stage, but some people say when it comes to one-to-one communications that he's not as um, magnetic or he's not as um, alluring. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the two are, uh, what would I say, divested from each other. Because supposedly Bill Clinton was able to do both um, magnetic on the stage and magnetic um, off the stage. But... If you're going to do this Toastmasters thing, I think you're going to become really, really good from the podium, but it doesn't mean that you're going to become really good when you're in front of the person. So what you need to improve your business communications when we're talking about an interpersonal level, not talking to a mass number of people, is you need a framework that allows you to properly see and to properly understand the individual that you are interacting with at the moment. And that is the advantage that I think sales training has over Toastmaster training when it comes to being persuasive and the art of persuasion. It doesn't matter which sales framework you like or that you choose to adopt. The focus is always going to be on allowing you to properly see the individual, to properly understand the individual. Oh, sorry, one moment. The queue is moving again. To engage the car, make sure I don't lose my space. Okay. All right, good. Now we've come to a stop. You know what? I think I ought to invest in one of those fancy tripods that you can attach to uh, the dash of the car. So, yeah, that'll make it easier to record. I just attach the tripod and then I can just keep talking and, uh, yeah, my hands are free to steer and start the car and engage. Where was I? Hmm. Ah, gosh. I think I've lost my train of thought. Okay, so interpersonal skills, yeah, and sales frameworks, yes. So, um, any framework, sales framework that you're going to look at, if you hit on the Google machine, um, or if you check YouTube, whatever framework it is that you find is going to um, help you to better see the person, understand the person that you're talking with at the moment, understand their needs, uh, things of that nature. So those are the sorts of things that you should be paying attention to when you want to be much more persuasive and you want to improve um, your skills when it comes to talking to people one-on-one. So it's only when you know that person's context or the person's vision that you can make a play for aligning it with your own um, agenda. So, well, well, what that means is this. You have to understand where the person is coming from, what the person's uh, problem is, what vision it is that they're trying to solve before you can say convincingly that my product or my service does X, Y, and Z and then make that convincing case. So for those of us who are in the wedding and the event space, let's say you are um, a decor person, you have to understand that person's uh, vision of the perfect Parisian wedding. Now forgive me for always returning back to this whole thing of a Paris-themed wedding. It's just because for, in my own experience, that has been the most interesting um, wedding theme idea that I have seen so far. Uh, you know, traditional weddings, white weddings in Nigeria are typically, um, the traditions are kind of uh, well fixed, let me put it that way. So traditional wedding is much more colorful. The white wedding um, is usually just, uh, you know, tuxedo, the dress, and people don't usually put themes around it. So it just so happened uh, that 
okay, I've, I've, I've been at two, a chocolate-themed wedding, where there's a chocolate fountain and all that fancy stuff, and then a Paris-themed wedding. So I've only experienced two. So that's why I keep coming back to this whole uh, Parisian thing, because um, yeah, that's all I've seen, and also because it is a possibility. So uh, you have to understand what the bride means about the perfect uh, Parisian wedding or her perfect chocolate wedding or her perfect... Um, well, yeah, okay, well, beach wedding, yeah, because I've seen some beach weddings on Instagram in Lagos. I wonder how they do that because Lagos is hot and Lagos beaches are not particularly nice, except if you're going to use one of those um, private beaches. So you have to understand uh, the context she's talking about. You need to understand that perfect vision before you can say, oh, yes, I have the inventory for X, Y, Z, and that is how we can use it to make this perfect Paris-themed uh, wedding come to life. And I think that this is the beauty of sales training over Toastmaster training. Now, Toastmaster training is not bad. Don't get me wrong. I'm just trying to say that if you're thinking about improving your persuasion skills, your business communication skills, then perhaps Toastmasters, it might have its uses, but perhaps it might not be the best uh, tool to achieve what it is that uh, you want. So Toastmasters is going to teach you to be great and confident. And in that sense, it's good because if you're becoming, uh, if you become really uh, confident at facing large crowds of people and speaking extemporaneously, then it helps. Anything that can build your confidence is absolutely good and you should do um, more of that. But then sales training is going to teach you to be great at understanding the other person so that you might become much more effective. So Toastmasters is also much harder than sales training because for Toastmasters, you're going to have to chip away at your deficiencies one session after another. And for those of you who have tried to do any form of self-improvement, I'm sure you know that's a really tough task to do. So if you're a stammerer uh, at Toastmasters, you know, today you might have to work on how not to stammer. And then tomorrow you work on um, elocution. How do you pronounce your R's properly? How do you pronounce your T's, your P's, your F's? Uh, you know, all those uh, fricatives, um, your B's, your V's, you know, and all of that, then um, how do you stand uh, correctly? Uh, what is right posture? Um, how do you dress well? What colors um, go well? Uh, what else? Uh, what hairstyles? You know, stuff like that. And trying to do all that personal work is really hard to um, try and take an objective critical look at yourself and then start hacking things off like okay this hairstyle is not going to cut it this jacket is too 1970s it's time to use jackets that are more 2020 or uh, what else uh, change the color of my tie or change the color of my shoes or I need to change my accent I sound uh, too much I have that uh, Ibano accent or I have that uh, Sokoto accent so I need to change my accent and it's it, I really think it's too much of a bother trying to look at yourself objectively and trying to hack away um, at stuff. So it can really be um, unforgiving. But sales training is comparatively easy when you look at it this way. Because when you are engaged in sales training, all you work on is on better understanding the problems and goals that your customer has, that your potential customer has, and then how that aligns with your capability or how that aligns with your inventory. That is all that we do in sales training. So it's not focused on me. So I can still have my Sokoto accent. Or I can still sound like I'm from Ijesha. Or I can still sound like from I'm from, you know, Ilaje or wherever. 
and that is not going to be um, a problem because my focus is on trying to understand what exactly does this bride need what exactly does the groom need if you're an architect um, you know what's the perfect vision that my uh, client has what are the functional uses of the house what kind of aesthetics are we looking um, towards that is something that you can do whether you sound like you're from Ibadan or you sound like you're from Sokoto or you or if you have um, the TIV problem or the Igbo problem where you misplace your R's and your L's. So it's something that you can do regardless of whatever that deficiency is because you're there, you're at the table, you're over the phone and you're getting straight to the point. You're trying to figure out what is the problem that we're trying to solve or what is the vision. So sales training is a whole lot easier because it doesn't ask you to chip away and hack away at uh, too much stuff because sales training just takes you as you are assumes you as you are and assumes that the problem has always been that you have not properly understood what the client wants or what the client needs and that even when you properly understand that that the challenge has been you've not been able to adequately communicate the value to show that oh mr bride mrs groom mr client madam client okay is this what we're aiming towards okay these are the skills i have this is how they apply this is the inventory we have this is how it applies if we're able to achieve this is that going to be um is that going to hit the mark you know stuff like that so um sales training is a whole lot easier because it's not you focused it's not focused on you it's focused on the other person so in my own opinion if you want to be effective at business communications i really think it's easier when you do not make it about you so if you do the whole Toastmasters thing, is there going to be a disadvantage? No, I don't think so. In fact, there are lots of things to be gained, especially the uh, confidence bit. And then let's face it, I'm making this recording from a fuel queue. And eventually, I think that some of us listening to this right now, we have to get involved in public office. We have to get involved in setting the uh, policy landscape, changing the uh the narrative around our spaces and trying to sorry hold on this taxi driver has fallen asleep in front of the wheel he's going to cause people to jump in line again oh drats oh well anyway where was i okay yeah so i'm making this recording in front of a fuel queue and um i really think it'll be a wise decision if a number of us who are involved in uh business and uh the uh, Nigerian corporate life if we try and get involved um, in politics because since a lot of us are problem solvers um, in our spaces I think it's something that we can bring to bear when it comes to uh, fixing um, Nigeria's um, social problems and so if you have been a member of Toastmasters then I guess it's going to help when eventually you go beyond one-to-one -one communication and then you have to start campaigning with the crowds uh, you know, you go to the villa and um, you're addressing people in the village or addressing people in the city. I'm sure you're going to pick uh, up a lot of stuff about how to connect with um, the crowds and how to be um, engaging and how to be uh, passionate and motivating and all that. So, yeah, I would say, yeah, attend Toastmasters so they can pick up those skills that will come in handy for when you have to speak to and motivate large, uh, large crowds. But assuming you're not someone who has that... Uh, kind of um, appetite you still gain because of the confidence but essentially 
or rather eventually you have to get uh, involved in sales training because that is what is going to um, deliver that is what's going to take you to the promised land because you're not going to be focused on you you're going to be focused on the other person the person that you're talking to your potential customer your stakeholder your investor your partner your whatever is going to keep you focused on them what their problems are what their needs are and um, yeah, that's it. Figuring out what their problems are and then uh, trying to communicate value uh, to show that you have the fix, that you have the solution for the problem. So thank you very much for listening to episode 341. Sorry for the choppy recording. I hope not to have to do this uh, again, but you never know. Because for those of you who've been listening for a while, you know that this is how I started off my career anyway. My Facebook first Facebook video um, years ago under the good luck Jonathan uh, regime was me sitting at a fuel station and uh, so far I've had to make a couple of recordings uh, from fuel queues uh, since then so hopefully this is not going to become too much of a too much of an uh, occurrence over here but um, then again I'm sure some of you might say uh, what is there to mourn about you're just on a fuel queue people in Ukraine have bigger problems Anyway, not to become political, but thank you very much for listening to the show. I'll catch you guys at the next recording. You all have a wonderful day. And if you happen to be on a fuel queue as well, then uh, it's good that you're taking out this time for uh, personal uh, development. It's uh, the best thing that you could do right now, instead of just being idle, sitting on the queue, like most. All right, so I'll catch you guys at the next recording.